Welcome to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. I'm Kirsty Taylor, your host, a writer, a storyteller, and a wanderer of life. I struggled so much in the past, and it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that I saw true change and really started living my life. This podcast is aimed to help you realize that this whole work hard, play hard mantra bullshit has not been cutting it. We need to focus on what truly matters. Think of this podcast as a tool for finally hustling for yourself. So let's shift our focus from the external to the internal, because in the end, you deserve it. Welcome back to the second episode. If you can't tell, which maybe you can't because I feel like I'm kind of just nasally in general, I am sick. I have a bit of a cold. I can feel it in my chest, in my nose, in my head. Um, But the great thing about doing a podcast is that you can literally do it from anywhere, including your bed, because that's literally where I am right now. I am laying in my bed. Um, I take, I hustle for myself, obviously. And I take getting better very seriously when I am sick. I don't get sick often. And when I am sick, I care for my body, including getting as much sleep as I can, not exercising, relaxing, attempting to minimize stress, all that good jazz. And I actually made my my favorite, mm, let's say, remedy. Uh, it is a mixture of hot water, lemon juice, ginger turmeric, and a bit of honey. All mixed up into a tea. It's delicious. I love it. And I drink like as many as I can during the day. Two, three, four cups of it. It's delicious. And that's currently what I'm doing. I'm in my bed. This week I had on an awesome girl. Actually, we found out we're both Aquarian sisters. What, what, to all my Aquarian sisters out there, I've I've found that I'm not super into like horoscopes and stuff, but I've found that Aquarians tend to be very entrepreneurial and free spirited and go getters. So it was pretty awesome to see that Ava was actually, or to find out that Ava was actually an Aquarius too. She's five days younger than me. That's pretty wild. I think we celebrated our birthdays both recently. Um, yeah, we I think we talk about it in the podcast. Uh, anyways, she is a really awesome person. I actually found her on Medium. So I started writing on Medium at the beginning of this year, 2019. And so there's a lot of articles out there on how to be a better writer, yada, yada, all that good stuff. And there's one person that I really resonated with, which is Ava. And she is just very transparent about the idea and the way of being a freelance writer, what it's like, what the life is like of being a freelance writer. She's very transparent about it. She's very open. And then she has been in the past a digital nomad, and I guess she is now. She's in Los Angeles. She's not from here, so she's been in Los Angeles for a little bit longer than she thought she would be, but that's awesome because I got to interview her in person. Whoop, whoop. It's my second interview, technically, but it's my first in-person interview, which was fun and another hurdle to cross in the podcasting world because I did not know what equipment I needed and all that good stuff. It's actually a lot less complicated than I thought it would be. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun 
and figuring out all of these technical issues and technical equipment things that come up it's really fun it's like a big old puzzle to solve and yeah I like puzzles <laughs> so I interview Ava today on what it's like to be a digital nomad and what it's like to be a freelancer and really change your life when you're not seeing inspiration and purpose in it she has a lot of good wisdom very inspiring I hope you guys enjoy it here we go I'm going to try to not sound very sick at home. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Exactly. Like, can't hide this, this a little bit of phlegm that's in my nose. Okay. All right. Hi, guys. I You know what? I don't know how to pronounce your name exactly. Oh, it's, it's Ava Gutierrez. Gutierrez. What? what no. Mexican. Oh, yeah. very cool. So it's Ava spell Eva uh-huh. for terrible branding issues and then Gutierrez. 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 I'm so bad at that. It's literally fine. Okay, so I'm here with Ava, and she is a freelance writer, digital nomad. Anything you want to add to that list? Try and keep it short and sweet. So yeah, freelance writer and traveling digital nomad. There you go. Mm. Uh, Where are you from originally? Rhode Island. What? Sorry, that's like... How often do you meet someone from Rhode Island? I know, I get that so often. But it's kind of funny, I'll be like literally across the world, and someone will be like, oh, I've been to Rhode Island. And I'm like, why? That's yeah, so like, random. <laughs> yeah. I feel. I think, and I hope this isn't mean, but I feel like it's like a lot of lacrosse and sailing. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, it's a lot of sailing, a little bit of lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like that's very like um, the New England type area. Or, yeah, yeah. Like nautical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. us for sure. Very cool. So, mm-hmm. how about you tell me a little bit about how you got into the freelancing world? Yeah, so I started writing like five years ago, Mm -hmm. and I didn't take it seriously at the time. I was in college, so I was way more focused on my studying, Mm -hmm. so I landed two awesome opportunities. So I wrote for Elite Daily when they were like in their prime. Yes. Like when I look back on this, I'm like, wow, that was a setup. (laughs) I could have like gone so hard with that, but uh, so I wrote for Elite Daily, and I was a contributing writer, so I didn't get paid, but I was able to publish as much as I wanted onto their platform. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then I landed a gig with Wanderlust Yoga Festival to go to their festival for free for four days, and in turn, I just had to write an article each day. What? So those are my first two, like, freelance writing jobs. (laughs) So you live in Hollywood. You know Wanderlust has, like, their own studio up there now, right? Yeah, and I actually work with one of like a yoga teacher that works really closely with them oh, and no teaches way. there and everything now oh too. God, it's great. Crazy. Like it's all full, full circle. What, um, one of my where clients. was, okay. Where yeah. was the first festival they did? It was, this wasn't their first one, but oh, it was okay. the first one I worked with them. Right. It was, uh, in Stratton, Vermont. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was when I was living in Rhode Island. So oh, it like perfect. worked out perfectly. I drove my car up there and that was like my first like solo adventure too, because yeah. I was by myself. I went to like this event. I didn't know anything about even writing or even networking, mm-hmm. which shows because I left the event and I didn't, like, get anyone's number. I didn't, like, yeah. follow up with working with them because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So those were my two jo- for my two first jobs. It was about five years ago. And then since then, I kind of just really lightly dabbled with freelance writing. I wasn't sure if it was exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I moved to Nashville 
I was a waitress for two years and I was just like, I need to figure out like what I want. Like what's my passion? What makes me wake up in the morning and be like so excited to go and start my day? And I know there's something. Like I could feel it in me. So that's when I kind of just kept coming back to writing, kept coming back to writing. And then I was like, all right, why don't I stop just dabbling with this and why don't I like take it really seriously? Yeah. So I quit my job and I was like, all right, let me, I'm going to start traveling the world and I'm going to become a writer. And that's kind of how it all started. Nice. Yeah. So what were you writing about before, mm-hmm. like, you made it into, like, a full-time thing and started working for other people? Writing. Uh, like, as a freelance writer? Yeah. Like, what would you write about after, like, you said you were a waitress. What were you writing about mm-hmm. when you were just, like, doing it part or it would just be anything I could pick up. So I oh, landed I those two gigs, like Elite Daily and Wanderlust, and mm-hmm. then I leveraged those to create an Upwork account. Mm-hmm. And then I started just like applying to different jobs on there and kind of okay. getting a feel for like, is this a viable career? Like, is this something that I can do and like pull off? Because I really, I honestly really doubted myself. Yeah. And that's like what took me so long to fully commit because I was like, I can't, like, I don't know, like, can I really do this? And so I would honestly write anything. Like, I've written, in the past, I've written, like, product descriptions. Mm -hmm. I've written for, like, website copy for trucking companies. I have written, like, things that when I was writing them, I was like, no, this isn't what I want to do because this is, like, painful. Yeah. But it was through all those opportunities that I started working with, like, the right clients. And, like, I was able to be led in the direction that I wanted to with, like, what do I want to write about? I started working with entrepreneurs. I started that's writing fun. about business development, and, like, mm-hmm. that's where I really found my niche of, like, I love this stuff. That's awesome. I love digital marketing, yeah. and now, like, those are the clients that I work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So then, where was your first trip that you took that, like, you were still working? It wasn't obviously not just a trip. You were mm-hmm. also getting into the digital nomad type life. The first trip that really opened my eyes up to traveling was this super random trip I took to Barcelona in 2016 yeah I was waitressing still really really lightly dabbling with like freelance writing right like probably making like ten dollars an hour doing it working like very minimally Mm -hmm. and my friend was like hey I'm going to Barcelona if you want to come come we're like leaving in a month and I was like Like, oh my god that sounds amazing (laughs) And I'd been waitressing at a really good job, and I had a big, like, I had a good amount of savings. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Something's telling me to just go on this trip. So I booked my ticket, went to Barcelona with them, and it was like a week long trip. We went to Barcelona and Rome. So it was like, we oh, wow. were moving fast. Yeah. And when we were there, I started meeting all these people. We went on like a pub crawl. Okay. And we're talking to everyone there, and we, I, like, we started talking to these backpackers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, like, we've been traveling for three months. And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, like, we just came... I remember specifically these two girls we met. They were like, we just came from Egypt. And, like, now we're going to go and do, like, a whole Euro trip. Mm -hmm. And then we met these, like, other Canadian guys that were like, we're doing a whole Euro trip for all of summer. And that was the first thing that opened my eyes up to people traveling, like, long term Mm -hmm. versus what we were doing where we were just there for, like, a week. Right. And we were trying to see as much as we could as fast as we could. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a second. If these people are doing it, that's so cool. Like, I could try and do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that Barcelona trip changed my life because that was the moment that I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and do this. Yeah. And so that was in June of 2016. And in June of 2017, I left for 
like my first digital nomad trip. I like officially sold all my stuff, mm. put my backpack on, and like that. hit the road. Where was it? Where'd you go? Costa Rica. Oh my gosh, that's where I. Oh my god, that's like at the top of my list. It was incredible. It's somewhere I'm actually considering potentially moving to in the near future. I think mm-hmm. I'll end up leaving LA soon. But um, yeah, Costa Rica just seems like so amazing, and there's a big expat community there. Um, there could be for sure. I was oh, like not focused on work at all when I was there. Oh, so uh-huh. I was just backpacking and like very cool. Hanging out with like backpackers who were like yeah. moving from city to city to city. Okay. And that was me kind of just like drunk on this idea of like digital nomadism and exploring and just like being out in the world for the first time. Right. So I didn't like find like a co-working space or anything like that. Like I was seriously you working on from the, the jungles of Costa Rica yeah. and like hoping I could find Wi-Fi and yeah. like making very minimal money, really? but just living like my dream and what I felt I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. How did your parents feel about that? Um, <laughs> it's funny because so two years prior to me becoming like a digital nomad, mm. I moved to Nashville. Okay. And I had this conversation with my dad when we, I was thinking about moving because I graduated college and then I moved to Nashville mm-hmm. just to move somewhere. Like, there was no other reason. Right. Like, I was like, I just want to move somewhere different. And I had a friend at the time who was like, I'll move with you. Somehow Nashville came into the picture. And we're like, let's do it. Yeah. So I, like, went to lunch with my dad and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Nashville in Tennessee. And we're in Rhode Island. So he's like, why? Like, don't leave. Like, oh. that's so far away. And he's like, okay, but we'll see what happens. And then I really ended up moving. Mm-hmm. So then when I went to talk to him and be like, hey, I'm thinking of like going and just traveling the world, like selling all my stuff and just backpacking and doing mm-hmm. this thing called being a digital nomad. Mm-hmm. Like he already knew that the last conversation we had, like I did it. Yeah. And I could see it in his face. Like, no. That he was like, no. <laughs> She's leaving again. And even he was further. Like, yeah, exactly. And I was supposed to go with my friend okay. who I went to Barcelona with. Okay. But she ended up, um, she broke her, well, she like Menace. tore her MCL. Oh, okay. And she ended up not being able to go because she had to have surgery. Oh. And so then I had this whole like moment of, okay, there's no one else to go with me. Do I just like, stop this plan of like going and traveling or do I just go by myself Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I'm gonna go by myself and then my dad really was like can you please just not do that (laughs) and I was like I just I have to go and do it yeah and I'm lucky because both my parents are really supportive they're like okay go and do it but like just be really safe and like stay in contact with us yeah like I'm old enough now that like, they know it's it's not something that they can be like, you can't go do this anymore. Exactly. You know, I'm just old enough that they're like, if that's what you want to do, like, what are we going to say? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good that they were at least, like, supportive. I'm sure yeah. every every parent's a little bit hesitant. I kind of did the same thing after college. I sold everything, and I was like, I'm going to go travel and mm-hmm. figure it out while I travel. And um, my parents were supportive, definitely. But I talked about so much different solo travel that they were just like, wait, you're going where alone? Uh, no, you're not. Like, that's not safe. Well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the places I was, like, considering going alone probably weren't safe. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's good that your parents were, like, supportive of everything. So then what would, like, a typical day in the life of a digital nomad freelancer be like? So... Well, your typical day. There's... Being a digital nomad, probably the hardest thing 
to come to terms with is that there is no normal day. It's like every day is so different and every day has different challenges. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I'm in Central America and I'm in Costa Rica, right? Mm -hmm. It's like maybe my normal day is I wake up, I write a few articles in the morning, then we go to like a national park. And then later that day we go surfing and then we come back and like that's the day and it sounds really great and romantic, right? But then on the reverse, it's like sometimes you're in places where the Wi-Fi is only available for like four hours in the morning. And after that, like, I don't know what happens to it, but it just disappears. (laughs) Yeah. So in that case, like a typical day is like waking up whenever that Wi-Fi is the strongest, getting everything done in that tiny chunk of time, regardless of if you have the time to or not. Like you're like, this is the only time I have to submit anything that I need, work on anything in a Google Doc, whatever I need to do. Right. And then, um, then go and do like all the fun, like digital nomad things. Yeah. So the typical day is just adapting to the environment you're in Mm -hmm. and working with what you have in that moment. Right. I feel like it's really easy to see all of these, um, people on Instagram and their cool photos of them traveling Mm -hmm. and stuff, but you don't really see the part that's trying to cram in all your work in the four hour time slot of Mm -hmm. like the Wi-Fi and everything. So yeah, yeah. there's so much unseen and that's really what I try and bring into my articles and my personal brand to say like, I want to be the person that I didn't see when I decided to become a digital nomad Mm -hmm. because all I saw was like the highlight reel. Exactly. And then I went and did it, and, like, I fell flat on my face because nobody told me that, like, hey, there's going to be places where you don't have Wi-Fi, and you are going to struggle in order to really build a business while traveling full-time. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, if you want to become a digital nomad, here's the reality of it. It's totally sustainable. It's totally possible, but just know, like, these are the challenges coming, and, like, here's how to overcome them. Here's how to prepare So instead of coming and facing them, like, you're prepared for them. Yeah. I've noticed the articles you write on Medium are very Mm -hmm. transparent about all of that. Yeah. Um, And that's awesome because, yeah, people don't really consider that when they see these, like, people on Instagram. and Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So then when things get stressful, which I assume they do, with having to worry about deadlines and having to worry about Wi-Fi and all that stuff, how do you handle stress? I think that, well, let me say... Becoming a digital nomad changed who I am as a person. That's who, beautiful, first off. Yes, I yeah. love that. Okay. Who I am now versus who I was two years ago right. are two different people. I think I've always been the more like mellow, passive person, mm-hmm. but now it's just insane. For me to get stressed out, it takes so much because I have just dealt with so much ridiculous yeah. stuff happening, like waking up and being like, here's going to be like my normal day as a digital nomad. And then you're like, I'm just going to go to the grocery store really quick. And you go to the grocery store and instead of taking an hour, it takes you like four hours. And you're like, okay, now I have to adapt. That was not supposed to take that long. For whatever reason, I'm in a new city. Like I couldn't figure out public transport or something like that. You never know, right? So it's just really mellowed me out to be, to wake up and be like, anything can happen. That's very interesting, yeah. You're good with adversity. Exactly, and it's just kind of saying, I'm ready to adapt at any minute. Mm -hmm. So whether that adaptation is a client saying, hey, like, can you do, like, this instead? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, sure, don't, like, I don't mind. Or if it's, if I'm at home and, like, I'm trying to work, but maybe, like, my roommates are allowed, adapt. It's like, okay, whatever, who cares? This is just, like, now I just need to focus extra. Yeah. You know, it's that adaptation of, 
just wherever I am, I'm going to make it work. Mm-hmm. That removes all the stress from your life. Yeah. Ah, very mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Good way of looking at it. Yeah. It's a mindset. It's totally a yeah. mindset. That's such a good point. We stress out about things that we really can't control, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do that, it's like, okay, you're that's unnecessary stress because then it's like you can't control that thing that you're worried about, whether it be bills or your car or this or I, I don't know. Like now I'm thinking of things that like probably aren't too worrisome for a digital nomad, but it's like we focus on these things that we can't control and get so stressed over them that that stress isn't necessary. Yes. And you, you, if you switch your mindset, shift it. Exactly. Yeah. And you're putting the stress on yourself. Like that's what you really have to recognize. Like none of those situations are stressful. Mm-hmm. It's just your choice to yeah. see it like in a stressful way. Yeah. It's there you go. just yeah. a choice. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. So what's one of... I guess you kind of alluded to some of them, but what would you say is the biggest struggle you've encountered being a freelancer? Business development, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because what it's really easy to create an unscalable business, mm-hmm. and that comes really easily as a writer because every client comes to you and they want something different. Everybody wants an article, but there's like small tweaks to each article. Right. So it's like each client wants something just slightly different, that if you have enough clients, all of a sudden your head is spinning because you're like, okay, like time to write this article, but wait, what does this client want? And like, now I'm going to write this next one, but like this one wants something different. And keeping up with all of that gets really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So like part of my 2019 goals, it's to say, okay, how do I create packages and like stop customizing specifically for each client? Right. So that I can scale this. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I only have so much brain power, and right now it's like my brain power is used. Yeah. So it's like how do I regain more of that power? Mm-hmm. It's by creating these packages that make it so that I don't have to like look at each client so individually. I can just look at them as like a whole. Right. Okay. Creating system. Well, I guess it's kind of a system sort of. But yeah. Essentially yeah, creating I get like systems and processes that make it more streamlined. Mm-hmm. So kind of looking at my business as more of an agency versus yeah, like go. me just as a freelance writer. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Mm-hmm. There was a question I was going to ask. Oh, if someone wanted to figure out if they like writing, if mm-hmm. writing something they would want to do, what advice would you have for them for testing it out or trying it? Oh my gosh. Go on Medium, go on Quora <laughs> and just start writing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a digital age. You can do anything you want. Yeah. I wrote an article on this just saying like, if you want to be a writer these days, like you, there's no excuse to not be one mm-hmm. because you have these free platforms. And like we were talking about before, like Medium will pay you now. If you write a good enough article and exactly. people like it, you will get money for it. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty wild. when in this world have you been able to open up an account write something and then get paid for it without doing anything else never yeah like the opportunity is incredible right now if you want to be a writer and you think you want to be one just start writing online and say like medium quora you can kind of just write about whatever whatever you you want literally write like write your life story if you wanted to like you can write whatever you want it's pretty wild yeah Yeah. and like you said medium pays like you could write about Mm -hmm. your experience I don't know, in Barcelona. And, like, if yeah. people like it, you'll get paid for it. It's, just yeah. pretty, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. What's one of your best travel stories you have? I guess best is kind of vague. Let's say unexpectedly exciting. I think one of my favorite moments, like, the f- first thing that always comes to me when I think of, like, a very warm travel moment uh-huh. was in... Last year I went to Bali 
I was in oh, Chengu cool. for about six weeks. Okay. And I stayed in this hostel that there was like, it was like this one room with like 12 beds in it. Uh-huh. And we ended up creating like this family out of all of the backpackers that were in there. And oh, most of us were solo. So yeah, we were just like all on the same quest for like adventure and just spontaneity and we created this like huge family and there's just a moment where I was like sitting there and just like looking around at everyone and it's like my heart like couldn't be more full because Mm -hmm. it was all these strangers from around the world and we had such a love for each other and yeah like it was exactly what I wanted when I went to go backpacking and I didn't realize that's what I was seeking but it was like I had this home away from home with all these strangers that I didn't even know, like, a month before. Mm -hmm. And we were all just, like, so genuine and authentically cared about each other. And, like, when we had to say goodbye, everyone was crying. And we were like, this is this was just, like, a moment only available to us right then and there. Like, that will never come back. That's so awesome. And it was just, yeah. Do you still keep in contact with a lot of them? All of them, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, travel, it's a crazy thing. Like, you meet people Mm -hmm. and when you meet people here you know it's like a long process of like getting to know each other and opening up but when you're traveling it's like people are so much more Mm -hmm. ready to be vulnerable and open and just you're you're kind of in this world where you have the same you have the same you're looking for the same type of things you're looking for finding yourself kind of or like trying to explore and just really figuring out who you are and stuff and so people are just more open it's a beautiful thing absolutely and it changes you too it really it opens you up to people and it makes you just realize how much you have in common with everyone right and it just it's another thing that changes your perspective like Mm -hmm. just how it can be really hard for me to get stressed out now it's the same thing where it's like it's really hard for me to walk into a room and like really not be able to make friends yeah because now I'm just like we're all just in this together and exactly. like we all have so many commonalities like I no longer see someone from a different country as so different than me I'm yeah like, no we're just all the same and we all have goals and aspirations and you yeah. know it's it's so beautiful that's really cool that's yeah. such a good point when before I, I traveled and everything I was always so nervous to talk to people mm-hmm. or be like the one to talk up, speak up in a room. Mm-hmm. But wow, now I'm just like, whatever. I tell right? people like, <laughs> I want to do public speaking and they're like, whoa, what? And I'm just like, what's wrong with that? Like, it was, yeah, it, it does. It's definitely changes you for the better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The mindset. Realizing that people aren't that different. I ask two questions for everyone that comes onto my podcast. The first one being, what advice would you give your younger self? So say maybe your younger self that's before you decided to start trying writing when you were in Nashville or before you even moved to Nashville? Not necessarily career advice, but life advice. Hmm. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, I think I would tell my younger self to just be more gentle on myself. Mm. Because for a while I felt really, I don't want to say like a failure, but really I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I don't have a passion. I don't feel purposeful. I'm not making any impact. What am I doing? Like, I'm wasting my time. Like, what's going on? And what would have helped me then was to stop being my own worst critic and just just support myself and say, hey, you're going to figure it out. I Um, totally get that. Yeah. I was talking to one of my roommates the other day, and we were saying how 
we speak to ourselves in a way like we would never speak to a friend. I know, isn't it so wild? Yeah, so it's Our like, inner why? critic is just so mean sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I try to practice the idea of talking to my five-year-old self or talking to my best friend when mm. I like say things inside my head. I would never say that to my best friend. Or I would exactly. never say that to a five-year-old version of myself. No way. That's good advice. Really exactly. Good. Then the other one, mm. what do you hustle for? I hustle for my happiness and that's kind of an umbrella term because my happiness is like up here and then underneath that is my career just because for me my career means a lot to me I really love succeeding and proving to myself that I can do things totally yeah so my career I hustle for my relationships with my friends my family Mm -hmm. any digital nomad knows or even like an entrepreneur or self-employed person it is so hard to be doing trying to build a career and maintain your relationships back home. Oh, okay. Because it's you're so busy and like your bandwidth is just your brain power's gone. Yeah. But still when your friend comes to you and they're like crying because of something, you have to be there. Yeah. And so I hustle for those moments when I'm like I can't possibly take anything else on my plate and a friend or my family comes to me and says like, "Hey, I need a call or talk to you." So I hustle to say, "Okay, yeah, I'll take that call even though I'm exhausted. I don't think I have it within me. Yeah. I'll do it anyway." Yeah. So it's my career, my family, and then I also hustle for my health. So um, I'm only going to be as good as the body that I'm in. If I'm not taking care of my body, it's not going to last me until I'm 90 years old. Exactly. I studied biology and chemistry in school, and it it really woke me up to the idea of just how much is going on every day within us, Mm -hmm. how many processes and reactions and everything. So I try and support my body the best that I can. And just be, like, the healthiest version of myself. Yeah. But with so, that said, it's, like, an 80-20 thing. So yeah. So it's, like, 80% of the time I try and stay really healthy. And 20% of the time, you know, like, I go out. I enjoy myself. Exactly. I'll eat pizza, you know. It's yeah. not, like, die hard. Like, I'll only eat it's really, really healthy. But, you know, it's the majority of my time. Yeah. Aside from, like, food and stuff, do you find it yeah. hard to be healthy when you're on the go? And, like... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so place? hard. Yeah. And that's why it's a hustle because... If you are, it's the same thing as like adapting. You, mm-hmm. I have like my fitness routine can't be that I just do yoga or that I just do like body weight exercises right. or that I'm just going on long runs because that's not always available to me. Yeah, like my fitness routine is what is available to me wherever I am in the world at that one moment. Yeah. So it's always adapting. Adaptation. It's I love that. Adapt, I mean, adapt, adapt. Yeah. adapt. Yeah. Even if you're not Everything. a digital nomad, just. Mm-hmm. adapting to what cu- what life throws at you because life will throw things at you so being able to bend and mold I guess is kind of the, to everything that's going on yeah, yeah it's cool. like the quote what does it say like the only thing guaranteed in life is change yeah so yeah. you kind of that's have to one. go through like I literally wake up each day and I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen like I have no clue but yeah. I know what I can control and then I know that I can control my adaptation and I can say okay I'm gonna Something changes with business, I'm going to adapt. Something changes mm-hmm. with, like, one of my friends or family, I adapt to fit that. Everything right. is just an adaptation. Very cool. And then there's no stress because you're always just like, oh, something's going to change and I'm just ready for it. Who yeah. cares? That's kind of, I wrote something about expectations. It's kind of like yeah, the same thing. It's exactly. like, if you're expecting something to happen one way, you're going to be very stressed out when it doesn't happen that way, which you can't control and mm-hmm. it could not happen that mm-hmm. way. Okay, I yeah. love that one. Yeah. I was talking to my best friend the other day about this, actually, and we were saying how 
this sounds so pessimistic, but we were saying how, like, we keep our expectations at almost zero for anything. Uh-huh. But it's, like, not in a negative way. Yeah, it's more so in a way of just, like, you never know. Yeah. Like, don't expect anything from anything. So when I book a one-way ticket to Bali, I have no expectations of what's going to happen. Right. I'm like, I want to go to Bali, and I'm going to go to Bali, and, like, that's the end of that story. Yeah. Like, the story continues when I get there. There's exactly. no, like, I really hope I find this, and I really hope that I get to go and climb this volcano and see this. I'm like, no, whatever happens when I get there happens and it's meant to happen and Mm -hmm. I'm going to adapt as I go through the days and I'm on that trip. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it works really well in business too. There you go. I don't think that's negative at all. I think that's, like, that's smart. (laughs) Anything. (laughs) It just keeps you mellow because you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find you and keep up with you? Yeah, so my Instagram is at the random life of Ava. I love that. Spell E-V-A. And then you can find me on Quora, Medium, Twitter. If you just Google my name, Ava Gutierrez, you'll find me. Do you want me. to spell your last name? Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll all be in the show notes, but I can barely say it. I don't have a brand-friendly name at all. Um, no, okay. My last name is G-U-T-I-E-R-R. Easy. There we go. Yeah. Okay, awesome. All that will be in the show notes and everything. But thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for driving down to Manhattan Beach from I know, Hollywood. we're in person. I know, yeah. <laughs> we didn't say it before, this interview is in person. Yeah, very cool. And it's and it's finally sunny. Were you here for all the rain? Yeah. What was with that? You're like, as someone that lives in Los Angeles, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. I don't know. That happens every now and then. But honestly, and around this time... But this year was really bad, really, really bad. And honestly, I feel so bad for like the Malibu area because after the fires and everything, all of that like brush and everything just like slid down. They're constantly mm-hmm. having horrible mudslides. But um, I don't know. This is like the greenest we've seen LA, and I've lived here seven and a half years. Like yeah. this is the greenest I've seen LA in a long time. Yeah, it's nice. I was actually in an Uber, like the Uber the other day, and I was talking to the Uber driver, and he's like. Yeah, like all this rain. I was like, I know, like it was so annoying. And he's like, Yeah, but we needed it. And I was like, Gosh, you're so right. Like, why am I even complaining? Like, it it's, barely affected me. Like, who cares? I'm like, right. it was so worth it to have that and like nourish right this incredible city. Like, it needed it. I was saying that on actually another podcast that I had. I feel like sometimes LA kind of needs it because we mm-hmm. and like the people of LA we're so used to like, these beautiful these beautiful days and everything. Yeah. And it's like. All right, we can we can remember that we're like not always perfect. We can we can handle a week of rain mm-hmm. compared to our 365 days of sunshine. Exactly. We'll we'll live. Yeah. Exactly. And, and exactly our climate need our desert climate needs it. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, wow, that was a great point and that like centered me again to be like, Ava, this world is not revolving around you. Yeah. There's everything needs to happen for a reason. So exactly. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, and I hope you, and how long are you going to be in L.A. for? Is it in, like, Great a question. you don't know type of thing? I have no idea. That's fun. No yeah. expectations. I'm on a month-to-month lease, so. There you go. We'll That's see. Fun. I think 2019. If I can, like, control myself from traveling, which I want to do, I'm, like, yeah. cutting myself off. Um, <laughs> I'll be here for all of 2019, and then okay. I'll do, like, a little bit of traveling in and out, maybe, like, three or four trips. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that'll be, like, my max. And I'll make this my home base. Very cool. I love that. I think that's my plan. Yeah. Nice. Adaptation, though, so. Exactly. Maybe it's going to change. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much for being here. I'll put all of Ava's... Ava. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that wrong. All of Ava's 
links in the show notes and you guys can follow along there and you can look at her website she's a badass copywriter and blogger and writer everything and yeah thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you Alright guys, thank you for listening this week. I am so excited that you were here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to, you can follow me on Instagram at wanderwithkirsty, W-A-N-D-E-R with K-I-R-S-T-I-E. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm kind of active on it. And that's just wellness hustle, at wellness hustle. And if you really fucking love me, I would so much appreciate it if you rated me on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Yeah, be awesome. Seriously, guys, one more time. Thank you so much for listening. I do this for you guys, and it means the world to me that you listen to these podcasts. I can't wait for next week. Until then, remember, keep hustling for yourself because you deserve it.